Good morning and welcome to another TRC broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod, McLeod, and I'm so excited that you're here. And if no one has said it to you already, I'm glad you're here. I want to start by saying that I really do appreciate the work uh, that Erica has laid, the foundations. I've, I've seen them uh, all and I think she did a tremendous job. So my hat goes off to her. I see the growth. Uh, I see another facet of the ministry. Uh, you know, it's just it, it's just good for me. It's good for me because you labor, you labor, you labor, and you want to see fruit. Amen. So we are as bishops, pastors, whatever, in the fivefold ministries are spiritual farmers. When we put it out there, we want to see fruit. Amen. So again, hats off to her. I thank God for that. Uh, First Lady sends her love and her prayers and her admonitions to you guys. Uh, we thank God for it all. So without any further ado, let's get ready to get right on into the word of God. I'm excited about what the Lord is saying. And I just want to take this time this morning to be able to uh, expound, uh, emphasize, hash out the things that God is saying. So I want to start this morning by talking about a subject. Uh, how many of you have ever heard the phrase, we must needs go through Samaria? What exactly does that mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about it. First of all, geographically, let's talk about it. Uh, it simply is talking about how Israel was basically split into two kingdoms. You had the uh, uh, there was 10 tribes uh, and of the lost 10 tribes, there was of the house of Joseph, Manasseh, and, and then there was Judah. So, I mean, Ephraim, I'm sorry. So what we see here is in the Northern Kingdom, the Northern Kingdom, actually, that's where Samaria was. In the Southern Kingdom, that is where Jerusalem and Judah was. So, uh, what I want to talk about here is Samaria and which was uh, again, the Northern kingdom. And then the Southern kingdom was the Jews or uh, it was where they practiced Judaism. Now in the beginning, uh, the first uh, five books of the, of the law is what Samaria really, uh, I guess, they were more conducive to that. They believed that the law of God came through Moses, through the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. And then on the other hand, the discrepancy between them and uh, the Southern kingdom, which was the Jews, is the Jews practiced Judaism, which means that they did not believe in the fact that there was God in the human form. This is why we see so many times they attack Jesus for claiming to be God. They had a problem. They said, this man is blaspheming. And, and because he's doing this, he's worthy of death because we know there is no such thing as God in the flesh. So we see these two kingdoms, both of them are Israel, but nevertheless, they have this great discrepancy of religion. They were ethnic enemies. Okay. So let's continue to look. Now 
during uh, the fall of the Northern Kingdom, uh, there was several times during this time dispensation that this 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 Northern Kingdom were uh, carried off into captivity, where Israel in general. However, they were under siege of the Assyrians. Then they went into captivity to the Babylonians. And then the, there was the Persians. And it just decimated Israel as we knew it. The problem was that when they came back to the land, the northern kingdom uh, began to be infiltrated by the captors and a lot of foreigners. When the foreigners came into the land, they began to intermingle and intermarry with the people of Israel in the northern kingdom. So when they did that, they began to produce offspring that were not pure in Jewish blood. So then the southern kingdom, which were the Jews, the same ones that had the problem with Jesus, they really began to despise them. I mean, if you wanted to get in a fight, you call somebody, you know, back in the day when we was growing up, you could talk about a person all day long. But if you use that M word and you say mammy, <laughs> there was a day long scrap. I mean, it went on and on and on. So here you call somebody a Samaritan you know, that was like calling them some tough words right there. So the Jews despised them so much because of them intermarrying with the foreigners and their children were no longer of pure descent. So I'm giving you this, this, this little background because it's very important that you understand the extent of racism even then <clears throat> and how it affected uh, kingdoms. And again, this was the problem with them. So the Northern Kingdom was integrated to the point that their the pureness of their bloodline was lost. So now at this point, the real Jews and those that had intermingled were sworn enemies. They did not like one another at all. And it was equal on both sides. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So the Bible says in certain ways, they had no dealings with one another, none whatsoever. Are you starting to see the buildup of this, 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 this ethnic rivalry, this, uh, this, this, uh, this, this war between supposedly. Now we're going to get to a little bit in a few minutes when we start looking at similarities between that and the church. But now we're going to talk about you must needs go through Samaria. So, so far we've talked about the geographic part. I want you to go to St. John, if you would, and let's lay another foundation so we can begin to gain momentum as far as what this means to us today. Are you listening? So St. John, let's look at chapter four. And this is what the scripture says in chapter four. Let's look at verse one. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea 
and departed again into Galilee. Again, Galilee was in the northern uh, part of, 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 of Israel and Judea was in the southern part. Then the Bible says, and he must needs go through Samaria. He must needs, and, and just the the the, uh, the the grammatical rendering of this, he must needs. The Lord began to show me that it's not only a must, but it also is a need to go through Samaria. Now, when we begin to detail exactly what Samaria is, you'll begin to see in a modern day vernacular how this applies to you and I. Now, Samaria was not somewhere that you would just choose to go. Are you listening? So let's continue to move on. Let's look at metaphorically what we are, what we are speaking about. Metaphorically, Samaria represents the place that we all need to go through to be cleansed of our sickness of, of difference. Our sickness of difference. What does that mean exactly? In this day and time, difference is not accepted. You know, difference is what makes us great. Difference is what makes us wise. Recognizing difference. Are you listening? But the problem is, is that we have a problem with anything that does not look like us. We have a problem with anything that does not talk like us, does not think like us. And see what you have to understand. The Bible says in a great house, there's all kinds of vessels. Are you listening? And when we accept that, you know, we can grow stronger from a part that we don't possess. Let's continue to look on. Uh, so we going through Samaria helps us get healed from our sickness of difference. And we're going to show you here how this is more prevalent than we have really paid a lot of attention to. Now, the heart of God's people today has become so toxic in the name of the Lord. And anything different from us is unacceptable. This is the reason why you have so many battles I don't know. People call it a holy war. And if it was holy, why would it be a war? But nevertheless, that's why you have all of these differences in the body of Christ. We come together and we argue about what's different. Some say I sprinkle. Some say I immerse. Some say that we believe in being methodical. Some say we are charismatic. Some say we are this and that. And the Bible calls us believers. Are you listening? <clears throat> so what is happening is, we have caused ourselves to be compartmentalized with people who think like us. Hence, we have cliques, we have people here and there, and all of us believe the same thing. You can take even a body of Christ. You can take even a family if they don't see eye to eye. And I understand that from the scriptures. The Bible says, think not that I come to bring peace, but a sword. I come to set at variance. I came to make a difference with those that believe and those that don't believe, those that walk it, that those that don't, those, you know, are you listening to what I'm saying? So we find this discrepancy in the body of Christ on a great scale. 
So when Jesus, remember when Jesus came through and he healed the 10 lepers, the Bible says Jesus told them, go show yourself to the priest. You would think that this would be a celebratory situation, that they would all go and they would be excited about the fact they've been released from their physical bondage. Nevertheless, only one came back. And the Bible says when he came back, Jesus said, where are not 10? Where are the other nine? And he couldn't account for anyone but himself. Now, here is the problem. The one that came back was a Samaritan. The one that came back knew that Jesus was a Jew. The one that came back defied all the odds. You would think that the people who was in the same sect as Jesus would be all in one, just like we would think the church. That's why Jesus said, by this men will know that you really got me in your life is that you have love one for another. All of these divisions and all of these things that these 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 things that causes us to be separate and to be these divisive things that goes on is not God. But in the name of the Lord, we tolerate it anyway. So this Samaritan came back and not only did he do that, he went a step further. The Bible says he came back and he bowed before Jesus and worshiped him again. Don't underestimate the fact that we're talking ethnic enemies, sworn enemies, a Samaritan and a Jew. And yet all of the other Jews who should have been in Jesus posse. Once they got what they needed. They separated and went their own way. Sound familiar? <laughs> That's how the church is today. Most people are not in the church because they want to serve God. They are in the church because they want to find out what is God's way of giving me a better life. It's not because I love God. It's not because I care for God. You know, we're talking a 10%, 10% return that came back and it was an ethnic enemy, a sworn enemy. Let's take it a little further. You've all read the story of the of the Good Samaritan. Well, when you go back and read that story carefully and you start looking at the Levite, you start looking at these are church people who saw a Jew that had fallen amongst thieves and needed help. And church people are always busy. Church people always have something else they need to do. Church people don't have time for the infirmities of others. However, here comes a Samaritan, another sworn enemy that see that this man has fallen upon thieves. He was wounded and left to die. If you go back and read that story, the other two was church people and they crossed the street when they saw him. Because they were trying to make provisions for not being a part of the solution. And a lot of times we basically look at it like if there are 10 people, let someone else do it. You know, but when we want to be in the line for blessings to be handed out, we will jump the line. Are you listening? We will jump the line hoping that God sees our need first. But then when we see the need of another, we will cross the street. Why? 
because if we don't see it, we don't have to be responsible for it. So this good Samaritan not only took this Jew to an end, he told him, take care of this man. Now, he didn't know him and typically was not even supposed to like him. Take care of this man. When I return, I will reimburse you for everything you spent to bring this man back to healing. Church, we got a long way to go. Why are there so many divisions in the church in the name of the Lord? Why is it we all love God but can't love one another? And the Bible says that if you say you love your uh, God who you have not seen, but you don't love your brother who you have seen, the Bible says that we lie and do not the truth. You're listening. Today, family reunions are unheard of. I didn't say that it wasn't still happening. I said it is unheard of. Why? It has nothing in the world to do with just people in general. It's religious differences. It is the level we live on. If you got some who will drink and some who won't drink, you have become my enemy. Why? Because you are trying to judge me. And the only reason why you say you are trying to judge me is because you didn't take a drink. You said nothing about my drink, but you shine the light on my error. So I typically don't want to be around you. If you're going to speak the word of God, when I don't want to go by the scriptures, I don't like you. And all of us in the name of the Lord, and we all hope to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. How is it possible we can live like that and all of us hear that? I can tell you now, the only way we will hear that is from the God we created. Now, let's move along. So the good Samaritan came in and helped. Going to Samaria does something else based off of th these two stories that we just saw. This is why you must need to go through Samaria because there is a change that God intends to happen to you when you really go to Samaria. The first thing you have to do is overcome the reluctance to go. Because you know you're going to be challenged when you go to Samaria. You know it's not going to be popular. You know when you go, immediately you're going to be faced with some things when you go to Samaria. One thing you will be faced with, you will go from being sympathetic to being empathetic. See, when you are sympathetic, you can do that from afar and it doesn't require any change. When you become empathetic, you put yourself in someone else's shoes. It makes you understand why they are like they are. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Sympathy is, I feel bad for you from over here, but I'm going to cross the street. Empathy says, I'm going to come and see what's wrong with you. And guess what? I'm going. It's not one person's job to do that. See, we got measures. I've done my quota. <laughs> I've done my quota. I've done all that I intend to do. And guess what? 
let someone else step up. If you are guilty of saying that, look at someone in the comments and say, you must and you need to go to Samaria. I'm telling you, this is where Samaria will check you. You listening to what I'm saying? Samaria, the atmosphere, the environment, the demand will check you. See, you get mad when people check you, but if you go to Samaria, Samaria would check you. Let's move on. Let's continue to see it. When Jesus went to Samaria, remember he met the Tyro-Phoenician woman uh, at the at, at the at the well. Uh, Erica so beautifully brought out some points about that. It just blessed my spirit. But he met the woman at the well. And look at Jesus. Now, this is what I'm going to say about us as church people. Jesus is the Messiah. The Samaritans were declared unclean people. Jesus had to reduce himself from Messiah status down to a level to drink out of her dipper. Let that marinate. Some of us can't stand to talk to people who don't have a toothbrush, who, whose hair is not professionally fixed. We are, we're the people of God now. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Do you see the transformation that, that Samaria will demand on you? It will demand you to get out of yourself and see that there are people less fortunate than you, not because you're smarter, it's because the same grace that changed you is the same grace they need. But we get to a certain level and a certain status till we become beyond certain people. This is why you don't see so many people getting saved in the body of Christ. Because now we have adopted the theology, me, my four, and no more. And it's not about the people that is around. It's not about God telling us, I have your heart. Remember what the scripture says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, showing himself strong on the behalf of Christians. That's not what it said. Showing himself strong on the behalf of those who is beyond themselves. Say, you must needs go to Samaria. Tell someone in the comments, Samaria alone will check you. Now, that's real. We like to say, well, that's real. Samaria will check you. See, you, sometimes you don't know you got that stuff in you until you are faced with having to allow God to rise up on the inside of you and you suppress him. Why? Because it's going to deal with your ego. See, another thing, too, is Jesus said, I say nothing unless I hear the Father say it. Jesus is a God, is a man of order. We don't like order. We don't like order. We don't like structure. But 
we are waiting for. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Guys, unless you go back and search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life. Jesus said, these are they that testify of me. But guess what? You won't receive me. You have the form of godliness. You look good, but there is no power working in your life. Why? Because the power is the character of Christ. Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto deliverance to everyone that believes it. Let's continue to move on. So we're talking about this. Jesus reduced himself to a level of humanity to relate to someone who was less than him. See, today, people have to tell you, 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 you have to say, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I got a hump if you love Jesus bumper sticker. I got a I love Jesus lapel pin. I carry a big Bible. This is how you're going to know that I'm saved. But if you leave me alone and watch my fruit, you will be confused. If you watch how I love my brother, you will be confused. If you watch how I forgive, you will be confused. If you look at the order that I have in my life, the structure that I have in my life, you will be confused. So I need to tell you. <laughs> he reduced himself. And seeing Paul understood this in 1 Corinthians 9.22. Paul said, unto the weak, I became weak. And then he said, listen to this. He said, I made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Paul said, I am flexible. I am in the body of a servant. I'm flexible. I'll be whatever God wants me to be by all means that I might save some. I won't be able to save all, but if I save some, you save some. The other person saves some, and the other person saves some. We will get them all. But we have this shell around us called us that is holding Jesus hostage. So, therefore, Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. Don't tell me the love of God is filled in your heart and you don't like anybody, don't tell me. You can't surrender to anybody. You can't submit to anybody. You are constantly offended when you're corrected, but yet you're waiting on, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, Romans 13 says, let every soul be subject to the higher power, for there is no power except it be ordained by God. And so, so listen, guys, we got to stop trying to make you know, we say the devil is a liar, but we try to make the scriptures out of one. Are you listening? I'm not trying to scold you. I'm not. But if I don't teach the truth, then you won't have anything to be accountable to. I'm not trying to make you do it. My job is to put it out there. So you have to be accountable. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So let's just look at this. The Bible says, and let's look at St. John chapter 4. 
I'm going to show you something else that Samaria will do. St. John chapter 4. Let's move down. Now we're still talking about the Syrophoenician woman, the woman at the well where Jesus met her. We know the conversation that they had. And so Jesus said in uh, verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of the water, uh, of this water shall thirst again. Did you hear what I'm saying? You drink this water, you're going to be thirsty again. You drink this water, it's not going to be sufficient. You drink this water, this water is not going to be conclusive. Are you listening? But then he went on to say, in uh, verse 14, he said, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He said it's going to be a well of water springing up in him unto everlasting life. I remember the Bible says in St. John chapter 7, somewhere around verse 37, and at the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, He that thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the spirit was not yet given, for Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus was saying to them, I got something in you that will quench your thirst. Now, I know they laughed and they talk about Gatorade quenching your thirst. But if Gatorade quenched your thirst, you wouldn't have to keep buying it. Jesus said, I can quench your thirst. And when he spoke this to the woman in Samaria, this is what I want to see. I want you to see her response. The woman said in verse 15 unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. What does that mean? When you truly go to Samaria. Samaria is where a conversion happens that changes your thirst. See, right now we thirst after things that are not conducive to eternal life. You know, we thirst and hunger after things that are temporal. We thirst after things that have no eternal value. And until you go through Samaria, your thirst will never change and your thirst will never be quenched. Because the Bible says that lust is never satisfied. However, in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any love the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, that's not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God will not thirst anymore. Are you listening? Are you still thirsty? Because he that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. But if you thirst after anything else other than righteousness, you will continue to be thirsty. And that's the reason why most people are dissatisfied with church, because they are looking for something to quench their thirst when the only thing that can quench your thirst is Jesus. Jesus said, uh, without me, you can do nothing, nothing. I am the all in all. I'm the will in the middle of the will. I am the God of all flesh and all spirit. 
I am your all in all. I'm your El Shaddai, the almighty breasty one. I am the one, the almighty breasty one that will have all the nutrients in me that it takes for you to live. Well, I just want a good husband. That's in me. I just want to be satisfied in life. That's in me. I want friends. That's in me. I want my finances to change. That's in me. See, that's one thing about the, 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 the babe that, that hooks to his mother's breast. You don't have to have a five-course meal. It all comes from one place. And God has put us in that position that when he is our Shaddai, the almighty breasted one, you can get everything you need from one place. Jesus said, there's one thing you lacketh. That's me. He said, Martha, you are so troubled about everything, but there's one thing you lack. That's me. That's why the body of Christ is running all over the place, dissatisfied, angry, fussing, fighting, divisive, is because the one thing they need is the one thing they won't pursue. He said, it's all in me. It's all in me. And Samaria will cause your thirst to change. And if your thirst has not changed, I can tell you, you've not met Jesus at the well and switch waters. Oh, look, it's real. It is real. You've not met him and changed water. Listen to this. See, that's where conversion comes. Now, let's continue to go on. Samaria is the place of confronting the real you. Remember when Jesus said to her, where is your husband? She sent out her representative. And Jesus denied it. Not only is the man that you're with now not your husband, that's the one you're perpetrating with. That's the one you're posing with. That's the image you have created, that you got it all together. But you've had five husbands. This is the real you. If you don't come down and cut, like the old people say, cut down to the quick. And let's get to the root. Because it is only the root that will change the fruit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Let's go to the root. And most of us have never got to the root. When somebody else is your problem, it's obvious you've not gotten to the root. See, that's what the prodigal son did. He blamed his daddy and them, so he left home. Give me my portion that fall unto me. He blamed his brother because you're a favorite. Then he went out there and he wasted his substance on riotous living. And he blamed all of those because they took him and took advantage of him. He blamed all of those loose women that he, would, he was with. But the Bible says, eventually, he went to Samaria. He came around to himself and said, it's not them. I am the problem. 
And if you don't go to Samaria, you will never be the problem. It's always going to be someone else. And I'll be honest, looking in the word of God, I've never seen anyone have the ability nor the power to deny you of God's best. If you are denied of God's best, you have placed someone else above the power of God. Let me finish this. I got to finish. I got to finish. So Samaria is the place where not only you check you, but you confront you. And you finally say, I am the reason for where I am. Because if God be for me, why is all of these other people in my life having so much success? This is where you check you. Let's look at this. Now, I want you to go to verse 27. I want to show you something else about this. Let's move down to verse 27. The Bible says, Jesus basically in verse 26 says, all of this stuff you've been hearing, you know, when they were like, who do men say that I am? Some say you this and that. All of this good stuff you've been hearing, I am he. I'm that dude, okay? I am him. I am the man. Not a man. I am the man. All right. See, when the woman left, still she was being converted because she said, come see a man. But Jesus said, I am he. The man. Now watch this. Look at verse 27. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest with her? See, people, when you go to Samaria, people are going to they're going to question you. See, it's the people that go to Samaria that get questioned. It's the people who come to Samaria and see you has all the questions. You listen, but see, they don't say anything because people like that, they have silent criticism. When I say silent criticism, they don't say anything to you. They say it amongst themselves. If they started, man, even man doubting Jesus' deity, if he was really a prophet, if he was really that dude that talked to God all night long, you can't tell me he don't know who he's speaking with. But, you know, Jesus had a different agenda. He said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. I didn't come to try to get church folk. I didn't try to come to get people who didn't need help. He said, listen, the heal have no need of a physician. So guess what? If you already heal, you don't need a physician. You don't need a physician. See, it's when you realize you're not healed is when you seek help. But as long as you think you're healed, Jesus said, because you think you're already healed, you will die in your condition. Let me go ahead and move on. Now watch what he said. And the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man. This is what I want to focus on right here. The Bible says, and the woman left her water pot. Samaria is where is the place where you abandon your own agendas. See, this woman came to get water. But it's just like when she got there and she was convinced that there was something about Jesus. When she left there, I don't need 
those water pots because I switch waters. Look at someone and tell them, I no longer need my old water pots. I change waters. See, Jesus said, when you drink my water, you won't thirst again, so you don't need a water pot. You don't need to stop by the creek and the, and, and the brook and fill up again. He said, once you drink mine, it's kind of like the man that was uh, that was that was standing by blind Bartholomew and he was calling on to Jesus. And then Jesus said, uh, bring him to me. And the Bible says, and he casting away his garment. His garment was his handicap sticker, his handicap status. He threw it away because he said, I'm on my way to Samaria. I will not need this coat anymore. I'm not going to be sitting beside the road begging anymore. I'm not going to be asking nobody for nothing anymore. Why? Because I found the one thing that I lacked, and it was Jesus of Nazareth. So here, maybe you want to wear this coat. Maybe you want to put this coat on. Maybe you got somebody in your family that needs this coat, but I don't need it anymore. So the woman left her water pots. When you go to Samaria, you will abandon your own agendas in life and you will become a servant of the Most High God. See, right now, most people are here to be served. But when you leave your water pots, you are going to serve. Oh, man, let, I'm closing. So this is what I got to say to you. We must and we need to go through Samaria. We must and we need. Because it's going through Samaria that will check you. See, forget about people. See, we put too much emphasis on people. But the reason some of us have never been checked, because we haven't gone through Samaria. Long as you can blame someone else, you don't like how they check you. You don't like what they say. You can always blame them. But when you go through Samaria, the atmosphere will check you. If you're stubborn, it will check you. If you're hard-headed, it will check you. If you're lazy, it will check you. If you're prejudiced, it will check you. If you're racist, it will check you. When you go to Samaria, you are about to be checked. That's why most people won't go. That's why. So I close in saying this. Are you avoiding the trip for the scenic route? Are you avoiding Samaria for the scenic route? You go through Samaria. When you come out the other side, you will find out I am no longer the person that went in. I am no longer the person that I went in. Because when Samaria check you, you will abandon your secret stuff. The stuff that you'll still see, remember, you know, up until that point, you're going to say, I, you know, I, I, I got it. That is my husband. See, that's that's when you falsifying. Oh, I love the Lord. Oh, I love my brothers and sisters. Oh, I thank God. For my leaders, I thank God for, yeah, oh, he is, oh, God is so awesome. But when you go through Samaria, it will check all of that stuff. 
And long as you go around the borders of Samaria, you can tell those people that the man you with now is your husband. You can tell those people that the man you was with last year, that's your husband. You can tell them anything. But when you go through Samaria, there is a prophet in Samaria and the atmosphere will check you. Well, praise God. I'm telling you what I know because there is times in my life when I was all alone and by myself, Samaria checked me. And I had to face up with God and say, this is where I am. And he said, no, that's not where you are. That's not where you are. None of those is your husband. You are the bride of Christ and I am he. And when I came out the other side, I had a different perspective and I had changed water pots. Well, glory be to God. I hope you were blessed by the word of God. I was blessed delivering it. I'm telling you something right now. I'm telling you what I know. God is so good. And it is the word like this that will cause you to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Anything less. They said in that commercial is uncivilized. <laughs> it's not going to work. Because God will always deny and, and reject your representative. Well, give God the, play, the praise. Give him the glory. I thank you for your people. And Lord, I thank you that the word of God goes into their spirit and drive out every infirmity. Let them have a heart to heart with you, Lord. Allow them, point them to Samaria. So the atmosphere will check us, will check us because there is truly the man in Samaria who knows all things that we've ever done. Well, I hope you've been blessed by the word of God. So just continue to meditate and marinate on this word. And again, until we come back together again, whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, you're not really keeping it real if you ain't went through Samaria, but get checked so you can keep it real.